Air. I am your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. And on today's episode, we are going to be taking a look at template streams in Angular, a new library that's out there to help us do that. Should be pretty exciting. As well as uh, some change detection profiling tooling uh, possible here available for us in the browser with another uh, an extension. So we're excited to kind of look at that and, and find out more about that. So without further ado, let's get into it. Actually, before I begin, I want to uh, mention the NGDE conference. Once again, uh, it's an Angular conference in Berlin. It's just right around the corner, uh, 30th and 31st of August. Um, I believe tickets are still available. And I think that we might even have a promo code still available that you can get a little discount. Uh, you can see that in the description of the video when we're done here. I'll, I'll throw that up there. Uh, but this conference, pretty cool. It's um, looks like it's going to be uh, about 30 speakers. There's going to be a workshop uh, a day before the conference. Uh, I believe it's all nonprofit. So every uh, penny that they earn is spent for sponsoring local meetups uh, in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland uh, for food, travel, stuff like that. So it's really cool. Should be pretty awesome. Check that out uh, if you're around and available to get to that. Uh, I believe the URL for that is ng-de.org. Uh, same thing, I'll put that in the description after we're done recording, but uh, check that out, NGDE Angular Conference. All right, let's say hi to our panelists and then we'll meet our guests and then we'll get into the topic. Joining us today, we've got Alyssa with us. Alyssa, what's going on? Hey, so glad to be here. Glad to have you. And we've got Mike with us. Mike, what's happening? Uh, not too much. Just ready to uh, hang out and really excited about today's episode. Awesome. Awesome. And Bonnie, Bonnie, what's going on? Hi, I'm also excited. It's going to be an awesome episode and awesome guests. Who are our guests? Who are our guests? That's a great question. Our guests are Dominic and Quentin today. Dominic and Quentin, how's it going? What's up? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> Doing great. Doing great. Glad to have you. Uh, you want to tell our viewers a little bit about yourselves for those that might not know? Either one, Dominic? anyone can take the lead. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, hi, guys. I'm Dominic. I'm a, I'm a freelancer. I'm a software engineer at SecBits, and um, I'm a trainer at ThoughtRam, where I do Angular trainings and RxJS trainings uh, pretty much uh, all around the, the world. And um, I like open source. I like Angular. And I work a lot with Quentin, my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and Dominic is super, super smart and a little silly, which is great. He's also a very good teacher. Thank you, Bonnie. That's one. That's one hundred percent true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hi, I'm I'm Quentin. I'm a software engineer from Belgium. I also do a lot of trainings uh, with a company that I found, founded called Strongbrew. Um, I also love to do open source and. I love to do it with Dominic. So uh, so we have some projects today that we were going to show. <laughs> I was looking at this yesterday, and it looks very cool. I'm pretty excited to see this. Yes, hey, we are. You said show. Does that mean we're getting demos today? Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. I got some nice demos. We got, to, yeah. You always have the coolest demos. It's going to be and, a lot uh, of live coding and nice demos. Oh, mm -hmm. You just know how they go. <laughs> Everybody put your seatbelts on. Heck yeah, this yeah. is awesome. This is awesome. Let's get into it. Uh, so let's talk about the first one. Got a new library available for us or what? Uh, the first one, yeah. So um, uh, Quentin and I, so actually we did this training uh, on, on the Canary Islands, on Grand Canaria. Um, 
uh, Las Palmas, uh, which we do regularly, um, a couple of like two, twice a year or something. And that's um, typically the place um, where we come up with, the, with some ideas and some ideas for, for open source projects. And, and one of these ideas was to, um, to have a library that allows us to create observables from DOM events and our templates. So basically creating template streams and then uh, having observables from that so that we can combine it and make our templates a little bit more reactive. And um, so this is this was our idea. And then we, we jumped all in and created a library called ngx template streams. And um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's basically it. <laughs> we don't have to create subjects anymore? What? We don't have to manually create subjects? No, you don't have to manually uh, create subjects anymore. So it hides a lot of repetition and, and uh, abstracts all that away. And it adds a little bit of syntactic sugar on top of the, the subject and uh, allows you to redefine and override the payload um, declaratively in the template. But I can show you what this looks like, actually. Yes, please. So should we, I, th I think the best, the best um, idea is to just uh, show uh, a demo. So I'm going to sh share my screen now. Is that, is that OK? Yes, perfect. And is this, All right. so is this something that we're thinking about in terms of like similar to like an output on our components? And we're yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same thing, because an output is also just an event emitter. And an event emitter is an abstraction around the subject as well, under the hood to make it a little bit more framework agnostic. But it's basically the same on, with the, on, uh, the only difference is that an output is not an observable. And this ngx template stream library um, basically gives you an observable from well either outputs or just native DOM events, which is which is kind of cool. And so this is that we can use that within our template uh, markup, right, to be able to yeah. these streams. Whereas like right. an output, when we wire up in the template, like you said, we we don't get a stream from that. We get the emitted value, right? It's an event handler rather than a stream. And and so this sounds like we're going to actually get a hold of the stream. Exactly. I mean, the template is one part that you um, where you create these event streams, but you also have to do a little bit of work inside the component class to actually create the observable event. That's uh, what I called it. Uh, but that's basically it. And you said this works on native events as well, correct? So it, it's yes. Any any native DOM events, uh, for example, click, in, input, focus, any, you name it, any event it works on for any event and also outputs anything. Awesome. Basically, yes, pretty exciting. All right, let me let me share my screen. Can you see my screen? I see myself. You <laughs> see yourself? Yes. <laughs> That's the library. It's Mike. All right, so this is the library. It's called um, we have we created our own uh, organization called Typebytes and. Uh, there you can find a library called ngx template streams and uh, the description says it's a small and lightweight angular library that embraces reactivity and supercharges templates with observables um, and we have a disclaimer because this is pretty experimental and um, you could always go in in very simple use cases you can always go um, with just a subject or you can just use a regular event binding if you want and call a method but for more advanced use cases I think this um, this template syntax is is pretty pretty handy, and especially if you want to combine um, multiple events into one stream, and just to make our templates a little bit more um, reactive. 
And so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a completely new um, uh, project here. I'm going to use the Angular CLI for that, right? Just going to call new on it, and we just call uh, call it Angular Air, like that. Just going to quickly do that. I, I think that's the the inst installation should go quite fast. Okay, we're almost done. We don't want routing. We want SCSS. Okay, almost there. Okay. Elevator music playing in the background. Oh, what's that? Never had that. And that's your oh. live streaming now. Don't yeah, that's live streaming now. Coding. What is that? <laughs> it was specified as dependency Angular CLI, no matching version found for schematics Angular. Oh, that is interesting. Angular CLI. Mike. Oh. It should have created the project already. You can CD into it and try and run an npm install again. Try it. Uh, right. Uh, let's let's just do this and see what happens. That's a good idea. Thanks, Mike. Ah, oh, never had this issue before. We're all here with you, Dominic. Don't worry. And Quentin's got your back, so Quentin. we're good. And Bonnie has elevator music. Keep it going, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Everybody just take a deep breath. We got Oh, yeah. This, this cool. looks much better, I guess. Yeah. We never doubted you, Dominic. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. I can, I can. So one of my skills is to create an Angular CLI project. OK, that's good. Check. All right. Now I'm going to open up this project. And this should look pretty familiar to hopefully everyone. So this is just um, an Angular CLI project, right, with the structure we get out of the box. And now if I. Dominic, can so, you uh, zoom in? Oh, yeah, definitely. I can zoom in. So awesome. Perfect. That. I'm also going to zoom in here, right? OK. So uh, and then the next step is to actually uh, add, our, uh, add this library, NGX template streams. And for that, I can run. So I've added a schematic, which uh, lets you just easily add the library to your project, and it does all the scaffolding uh, for you. So you don't have to configure anything. So everything is done by the schematic. And for that, I have an ng add schematic. So we can say npx ng add, and then add type bytes ngx uh, template. Oops, streams, and it does a couple of things under the hood. So this library is built on top of ng. Oh, what is that? What did I do? Type. Yeah, you added an extra S. It's typo. Sorry about that. Yep. Typos. That's live streaming. No problem. <laughs> so it does a couple of things. And it uh, this library is built on NGX Build Plus, which is a library from Manfred Steyer. And it, it lets you basically hook into Angular's build process and um, squeeze in extra an extra Webpack configuration that is going to be merged in. And I, I basically built this, this whole library on top of NGX Build Plus um, because it, it requires a little bit under the hood. All right, so now I've added the library. And if you take a look at um, no source control, why? Typically, this actually. Are you running VS Code Live Share? Or I am not. Live share. Um, no, that's regular. What? I source ran into yesterday. I was seeing that too. Why? So, so typically, it, it creates a, um, a GitHub repo, right? 
Yeah, right. type it get status here because I'm assuming it's a VS Code issue. Oh, no, it's not. There's no Git. So it didn't create a GitHub repo. Anyways, that's that's not a big deal. So we're just going to open up this project again, I think, because I closed it. And um, what this does is um, it would have been nice to actually see the uh, the changes here in the, in the GitHub site uh, panel in the widget. But basically what this does is the schematic. It adds um, the library of calls. Uh, to the de dependencies, and it also adds the ngx build plus to your dev dependencies because it's going to use ngx build plus to hook into, uh, to tap into the the build process. And then the next thing is it will also change the Angular um, JSON, and that that's what the um, ngx build plus library does. It it wraps the Angular's uh, Angular's builders and creates this custom builder basically, which which extends from the uh, Angular builders. And here we're passing an extra weapon configuration and a plugin. I think we don't have to really worry about this because this is all done by the schematic. So once you run the schematic, everything is installed and ready. Uh, so you're ready to use this library. So let me just go ahead and um, now serve my application. I think it's start, yarn start. All right. And then we're going to go in, into our app component into, let's say, yeah, start here. Okay, it's running. Let's go to localhost 4200. And that's it. That's our application. Nothing too fancy. But now, say we have a button inside our, our template, right? This is the app component. And typically, what we would do is to use an event binding, and then we would have to create a method on, on the class here, say my uh, event trigger, whatever, my method. And then we can console log maybe also the payload, right? Which could be any. And then we can log out the payload like that. And in our template, I would call my event trigger and also pass in this reserved um, template keyword I call that, uh, which is dollar event. And then I also have to. Hey, Dominic, can pass. you zoom in again too? Oh, yes. I think it and Dominic, slow down. You're talking really fast. Am I? Yeah. Okay. No, Sorry, I'm excited I'm too, but it stresses me out. OK, I'm going to slow down. So I have my button, and I've just added an event binding here. And I'm listening for the click event. And whenever the click event is, uh, is triggered, whenever I click on that button, I'm calling um, this method, which I just defined on, on, the, on the class, right? Um, By the way, so, you, you, just, uh, you just missed the close your button tag, the opening one. Oh. Yep. Thank you. All right, pick me. Yay. Oh, I've got some weird issues here. Oh, that's why. Got it. All right. So here's my DevTools. I'm also going to zoom in into the DevTools. And when I click this button, we see, hey, we see the mouse event that is that is being console locked from this method, right? Remember the method I just implemented on, on the app component itself. So this is what we would typically do. But this is not an observable, right? And um, in order to create an observable from this click event here, we can use ngx template streams, which I just installed. And the syntax looks as follows. I'm going to add this star here to the event name. And this indicates that this is going to be an, a template stream, an event stream, which will be an observable. Um, and then I have to specify the 
the observable name, the stream, the name of the stream that is that will emit the click event. Okay, so let's just call it click, right? And this dollar sign is just uh, part of the name, and that's basically it. What I have to do inside the template. Does that make sense so far? So this indicates that it's a, a template stream that I want to create an observable from this click event, and this specifies and defines the name of the stream. And then inside my app component, I can now go ahead and use a decorator, which also comes with um, NGX template streams, which is the observable event. And I think I have to, I don't know why, but Visual Studio Code does not autocomplete this. So if I say type bytes NGX template streams, I can go ahead and import my observable event. And now I have my, uh, my decorator. And then I can use the exact same name uh, that I that I've used here, click dollar, and then I'm also gonna define this the same property on the component using the observable event decorator. Then I can specify the type of this uh, property, which is um, an observable of any, let's say, or in this case, it's actually mouse event. And let's also add implement the on init interface, right, like that. And then I have to also ng on init implement this method. And inside uh, my ng on init lifecycle hook, I can now subscribe to this stream. Now it looks a little bit like magic, and it, it certainly is a little bit of magic involved um, because, well, we don't really have an observable here, like an instance that happens basically at runtime. Um, pretty much the same as with. Um, uh, view child, view children, content child, content children, and these decorators where um, the property is populated and instantiated at runtime, basically. And when I and once I subscribe to my click stream, I can now actually remove my method again, just to make sure that we're not calling this method uh, and to prove that this works. When I now click on the button, I get the mouse event. But this is actually coming from an observable, as you can see here. It comes from a subscriber because I'm console logging here on line 17, where I subscribe to my clickstream. And this is pretty much what the library does. So now with NGX template streams, we can actually have this custom templating syntax uh, to create observables from DOM events and then define them here, and then just work with them as you would do with any other observable. That's pretty much the most basic uh, example of using NGX template streams. Does that make that sense? so clean and simple. But OK, so can I ask a question? What if it was like a hover instead of a click? Oh, sure. This also works. If I say hover, uh, it's not hover, because hover is mouse over, I would say. It's like say. mouse over, yeah. But it's, is that simple? It, it doesn't matter what you call it? No, it, it's it just, doesn't matter. You're putting matter. a star in front of what would already be there. Yes. This is basically the event. So um, like uh, just a native DOM event, and you just put a star in front of it, and that's it. And then, OK, let's, let's just ignore the name. But the hover would work just fine, right? That's just so simple. And um, maybe you're asking yourself, what is, what is the, the advantage of this? I think that the, the main advantage of this library is that it aligns with basically the same programming style that Angular already uses. So I, I, I would say it's a little bit more 
the Angular way, although I don't, I don't really like to, to say something is more the Angular way, but I think this, <laughs> this definitely is um, because we also have other decorators like output, other abstractions like event emitter, which also just is, is an abstraction around the subject. And this pretty much aligns with other decorators that we have in Angular, right? Hey, Dom. Yes? I have a quick question. So if you go back to your template, mm -hmm. when we, um, without using um, your library, when we have a click handler, when we define the function and the equals, mm -hmm. we specify different parameters that we want to pass. Oh, you into, mean? Uh, into the event. So if you want to click and then say dollar event, and then maybe another value from somewhere else inside the component. Right. right? That's that's a good point. So um, what I've what I've added to the, to the templating syntax is also the ability to override uh, whatever dollar event is. So um, by default, it's just going to be dollar event, and dollar event will be the the event that is being emitted. Right. In the in this case, it's the mouse event. But say I want to overwrite um, dollar events to be let's let's say just one. So what I can what I can do is add the semicolon and then overwrite dollar event and assign it with a value that I want to assign to dollar event. And this will be now the new payload uh, value that is emitted on this observable. So if I go back to to the browser and hover over this, we can see it's one. And you can go crazy with this and pass in whatever you, you would like. So I can make it an object and say, sure, I definitely want the, uh, the original uh, event. But I also want, let's say, I have an H1, H1 here, which says, hello world. And I'm adding, um, I'm getting a, a reference to this H1 with this, right? This is my ref, H1 ref. I can just add this hashtag and then give it some name. This is like, uh, a local template reference variable. And this variable only lives inside this template. And it, uh, the value will be a reference to this H1 tag. I can take this and say, OK, I also want to pass in my H1 like this. And then this object will be emitted whenever I hover over this button. And take a look at this. It's huge now because it's an H1. Let me clear this. And if I hover over my button, we can see that the whole event is now an object which has the original mouse event, but also the H1. And if I hover over this, it actually highlights the H1, which comes from the template. And I can pass in anything. I can even pass in the title that I've, uh, that I've uh, created here on my app component and use that as a payload, right? So if I say title, title, because I have access to any property, any public property uh, from, within, from within the template. And now this works. Title says Angular Air. Very awesome. Very awesome. I, I have a question for you. It might be not implemented yet or maybe in the future. So I'm getting greedy a little bit. But uh, mm -hmm. can we do the event syntax like uh, key down dot arrow or whatever, right? Key down dot V. The, the shorthand to get to a specific yes you can do in, in angular you, yes you can do that um let me actually so what can we do maybe we just make um an input out of this an input and let's just say we have this input here and let's say key down 
key down as enter, let's say. And then let's just uh, uh, search. This is my search. Let's just get rid of the payload for now. And I'm going to rename also my observable event here to search. And this is search. And I'm just going to console lock this and subscribe. Let's see what, what happens. <laughs> Actually, I've never tested this. So this is uh, a live test now. So if I type in hello world, and it works. That is awesome. And I want to highlight really quick one, one thing that's really awesome about this, why the stream thing is awesome, right? Because now we can pipe this thing and do other things that we need to do. And the search is like the actual great one, right? It leads into it. We may need to exactly like, call service and debounce that. And now we have this easy way to do it because the search dollar sign is a stream, right? And we're ready to just do our operators and everything like that on it. It's awesome. Exactly. It's um, some people might be wondering why wouldn't you just create a subject and use that inside the template and say subject.next. But to me, um, because in, in general, what I, what I, at least what I try to avoid is too much logic inside my template. And I think this, um, this syntactic sugar around the subject reduces the amount of logic that I have inside my template because I just specify that this should be an observable, that this is going to be transformed into something that we would normally do like subject.next because nothing there's, there's nothing special that, that is happening here because what I do in the build process is to turn this into basically um, something like this, but only that you don't have to write this over and over again, right? And then dollar event. And you can see it, it saves you some typing and this is a little bit more, um, yeah, logic inside the template that we can actually um, get rid of and just abstract in my opinion. This is really nice. Hey, Dominic, uh, someone in the chat, Gregor, is concerned about using this uh, that maybe with a, a compiler error with TypeScript script mode. Can you get away with this with script mode, with strict mode? Say that five yes. times fast. Yes. This, it won't throw I a think, compiler error, or you're handling that? Um, it wouldn't. I, As far as I know, it wouldn't even throw a compiler error, because um, this, this all happens. Uh, so let me think about this. Would this, no, I think it wouldn't throw, let me actually think about this for a second. Can you turn on strict in the uh, tf-config? I don't, yeah. Um, Maybe it's in the template. Now you've done it, Gregor. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let me reload this vin window. All right, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't. I don't think that it's it's gonna error because uh, TypeScript is at least TypeScript itself is not checking our template, and this is this is all valid HTML, so nothing to be concerned about on, on the template side of things. And oh, because this has no initializer, that's the only thing. But that's not a big deal because you can always also set this to null initially if you want. Oh no, because this. Oh, then sure. Yeah, then you have to do all these checks. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I see where this is going. So you have search. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, technically, if you if you just follow this and say, sure, if search is, is defined, then I'm just going to do this. 
then it should work just fine. No, it does not. And so basically, if you wanted to use strict mode, you might have to oh. write a little bit more code, but it should work, right? Um, no, because at the moment, this is something that I probably have to think about a little bit. Because at the moment, I'm inside the decorator, I'm throwing an, uh, an, an error if the value that you pass in is not an observable. So I guess you could get around can, can by, just saying, by just saying that, which is a little bit ugly, I, I know. Could you assign bit. it to never? Oh, yeah, sure. That works. Oh, that's a good idea. Actually, a good idea. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this will work. And so now I can actually do this and don't have the if condition, and it should work. Or Gregor I, said the uh, exclamation oh, no. non-null assertion. Oh, no, it does not. Why? Gregor said use the. Uh, Exclamation, non-null, or search. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Mm, I, I can do that. Sure. Oh, yeah, that's, that's no. Property has no initializer. So I definitely have to initialize it in strict mode. Oh, I think that's a problem with the, um, with the decorator, I guess. We just, well, what, well we can so this library is in, now, if, come back to yeah. It. I mean, this this library is in 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 its early stages, and there's there's probably some some rough edges um, there. That's okay, Gregor. You got to open a works. PR. Yeah, always always feel free to open an issue if you run into something that does not work. It's fully open source, and um, I very much welcome any uh, contribution to this. And I'm happy to guide you through the setup and and everything that is uh, related to this. So I think you were alluding to this a little bit ago, but um, the whole idea of why you need the custom build scenario is because of this decorator, this observable event, and being able to, to do any changes with that. Is that correct? Or like, what is the reasoning for the custom build? So um, the custom build is because of this template syntax, basically. Um, because what, what, this, what all this boils down to is, so what the decorator does is it's uh, at runtime, it's going to create at least in non-AOT mode. In AOT mode, this happens at, at, at build time because Angular does some type checking on the template as well. But with, what this boils down to is basically this, right? So this decorator creates a, a property um, with the same name and adds these two underscores under the hood. And then inside the template, I, I am transforming this into that. And then, as I said, dot next dot event, or if you overwrite this, it's it's going to be different. But this is the the basic example. And this for this, at build time, I'm I'm plugging in an HTML loader in order to parse the template and transform any template stream syntax into basically this. And this is what I have to do at at build time because. Uh, you cannot manipulate or transform templates at runtime, right? Because at runtime, everything is, um, I mean, that's what the what the compiler does. It, it generates um, these template instructions and the template is actually uh, compiled into JavaScript. Cool, thank you. Yeah. And um, also what you can do is, um, what I is the ability to, to specify what type of subject you would like to use under the hood. By default, it's just a, 
um, the, the normal subject, just subject. Uh, but you can also pass in an, a new instance of a subject that will be used under the hood. For, for instance, if you want to have a, an, um, an initial value, you can use a behavior subject and say, um, this is my initial value. Or you can even pass in a factory method uh, where you create a subject. Um, it is quite flexible when it, when it comes to that as well. And so then you showed it on the native DOM events. Can we do that for outputs? From yes, Outputs? we can also do that on, on Outputs. Do we still have time? Yeah, I, I want to see this. So if you could show this real quick, and then we can switch to the next. Uh, so all right. Cool. Um, yeah, we can also do it on Outputs. So if I say npx ng generate component, and then that's my uh, fizzbuzz component. Let me just generate that one real quick. All right. Uh, so we now have this FISBUS component. And inside my FISBUS component, I will have an output, which we call whatever. This is going to be a new event emitter like that. And then let's say inside the template, we have also back there in the code. VS Code likes to throw in the event emitter not from Angular by the default. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> I hit that all the Thank time. you. Yeah. I would have run into an error here. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so the click event, I can also use the observable event here, of course. Um, and then what did I call it? Whatever. And then emit, 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 and then one, two, three. Like that. Uh, output. And inside my app component, I can now go ahead and use my fist bus component here and specify whatever, but just add the star and say, this is my whatever dollar sign. And then- Probably gonna be app fizzbus maybe, not sure. What? Is it selector fizzbus or app fizzbus? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a good question. It is app. Thank you so much. You're actually you're paying attention. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> app Fisbus. All right. We're almost there. And then inside my app component, I just have to, I'm just gonna copy and paste this. Um never do copy and pasting. I'm just get get rid of the uh subject here and call this whatever. Don't do this. Oh, I'm just gonna turn off. False. Sorry, this is going. Oh shit! All right, well, observable event, whatever. And the cool thing is, I can also use this. I don't even have to manually subscribe, and that's the good thing, right? Because it, what what we should or what we want to use is the is the async pipe inside our template. So I can just go ahead and have a diff, where let's say I'm just gonna have ng if on it, and I will say whatever async as whatever, whatever. And then in here, I can say whatever, right? So I have an ng if I use the async pipe, assign uh, whatever uh, the value is to a local template variable and use it inside here with an interpolation binding. And let's see this output. Let me make this a little bit smaller, zoom out. Clear this. Oh, next of undefined. What did I do? 
whatever. It's this one. Uh, go to your button. Uh, this no, one? That's fine. Go to your template now. My template, my template, app component. You have the underscore underscore search. Oh, thank you. Yep. What was this? Search. Search dollar sign, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Still doesn't work. Ah, OK. It works. So even the output works. So remember, this is whatever. I'm just adding that star in front of the uh, the output. I'm specifying the name of the stream, of the template stream itself. And then I can, without even subscribing to this stream inside my template, uh, inside my component, right? I, I'm just defining, declaring the observable event here. I could just use the async pipe uh, here in order to subscribe to this observable, assign it to a local variable, and then just display and render whatever the value is that is emitted on my whatever stream. And now, again, again, go ahead and, and overwrite this with foo, write the string foo. And if I now click on the output, it's going to be foo. That's pretty much NGX template streams so far. <laughs> I have one quick question. So mm -hmm. one major concern with using observables is memory cleanup and making sure that we unsubscribe. Yeah. Um, since especially here with using the async pipe we don't have to worry about anything there mm -hmm. uh, with cleanup just as we normally do with any other observable correct yeah well if you use the async pipe yes it's going to clean up anyways but even if you don't use the async pipe um this is what the what this decorator does um it also hooks into the ng on destroy uh, lifecycle hook of, the, of this component and um whenever the component is destroyed it will also complete the subject that was created under the hood. So okay. you don't have to worry about any any memory um, impact or yeah memory issues. Thank There's you. still one, one issue that um, I have to fix because for AOT, I think Angular requires if you want to um, if you want to hook into the ng on destroy lifecycle hook and you haven't defined it here, then that's gonna break in AOT and I think the fix that I'm gonna I'm gonna implement is just to throw an error. Um, if you use one uh, this observ observable event decorator, then you have to provide an an ng on destroy uh, method. Okay. I guess. Yeah, this is ngx template streams. <laughs> so that's great. So now that we can play with new things in our browser, how do we go about debugging them? That's, that, that's that a good question, and I think I'm, I'm just going to stop sharing <laughs> and hand over to Quentin. OK, so let's look at the new thing. Um, so uh, the second thing that Dominic and I worked on was actually, so we were kind of thinking on how can we, um, how can we when we want to do performance measuring, and how can we see like we have different change detection strategies in Angular, so we can use on push to make sure that certain parts of the component tree are not checked um, when they don't need to be checked. So we were kind of thinking on how can we know like what is being checked, which components are actually being checked whenever we do something. Um, so we started thinking and the idea that we had was to 
every time change detection runs to basically highlight the components and the HTML, which gets checked. So that's basically what we created uh, inside of a Chrome plugin, which is not a Chrome plugin yet, but it's <laughs> it, it already works. I just need to move it to a Chrome plugin. The, the episode was just a few days too, too soon. Um, but if I can share my screen, then I can, um, I, I can show you because it's a little bit easier to, to show than to explain. So let me quickly share my screen. So can you see it? Can, can you see Dominic? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you're bringing that up. So to clarify, you're talking about the idea of as you're surfing or, or clicking through in your browser through an Angular application, you're highlighting and showing what change or what components change detection is running against. Exactly, exactly. So, um, so to do that, I use something that everybody knows. Uh, and to be to be very clear, like the plugin has only been tested on this to do application. So it's it's still very beta and I, I still need to test it on our other applications as well plus it only works in ivy mode which i'll come back to later maybe so we have a to-do's application um maybe to quickly go over the uh, component structure so um there is a um let me quickly show the code it'll be a little bit easier so we have an app component in our app components we have the uh, app to do inside of our app to do let's zoom in Let's go in our to-do component HTML. So we have a list component. So we had app component, and there we have the to-do component, and there we have the list component. And inside of our list components, uh, oops. Okay, undo. Inside of our list components, we basically have an ng4, uh, which is going on the, where's my ng4? Oh, app to-do list. Oh, here it is. We have an ng4. So we show some to-do items. So this is the application. It basically works like every other to-do app application you've ever seen. So let's enable the plugin. So to enable the plugin right now, it's still in the app component. I need to call this start method. So this should actually be moved to uh, the Chrome plugin. So now if I reload, you're gonna see a few things, but let's first focus on the top part here. So now whenever I type here, you'll see that boxes of start appearing. And these boxes are basically representing every time the component gets change detected. So for example, let's add one, test, test, test. And then you can see, for example, if I click here, so basically every time I do something, everything on my page gets checked, which is probably not what you want. I mean, if I'm searching here, I probably don't want every to-do item component to be checked. So let's see if we can optimize that. So if I go to my, so I this, hold on, the, this, uh, the, the highlights is the, uh, is the Chrome extension that you, that you just need to publish. This looks so much like Kent C. Dodd's, uh, NG stats from back in the day. I have no idea what that is, so. But it's Could showing be. you the change detection on your page so that you can see. This is very cool. Yeah. Shut up and take so my money, can... Quentin. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so you can actually see it and. Um, the ID, um, apparently I didn't know about it, but uh, React DevTools has exactly this feature. So the highlighting and stuff, I kind of uh, looked a little bit at the code for React DevTools and kind of uh, borrowed a little bit of code there. Um, so it's, it's actually kind of the same ID. Um, so you can also see that if I, if I search once, then the, the boxes are blue. But if I, if I do it quicker within the same timeframe, so there's a 250 millisecond timeframe, 
So if I do it over and over again, you'll see that at some point it goes from, from blue to red, and red means that it's been checked a lot in the last uh, time frame. So that's what we're seeing here. So let's see if we can optimize this. So if I go to my item component uh, and I add the on push strategy, you should be able to see now that uh, whenever I search, that all of these boxes here are not checked anymore because they're not checked anymore in this current change detection cycle. So using this um, technique or plugin, which is still not a plugin, you can actually kind of know whenever you click somewhere or whenever you're doing something, for example, when I'm clicking here, you can see oh, only this component is being checked. But I can, for example, still see that if I'm searching that, well, right now I'm still checking my to-do list component. So what I can do is I can go to my list component and in my list component, I can also add the on-push strategy to make this a little bit better. So now if I type here, you'll see that only the, the outer component, which is the app to do component, is being checked. So that's basically what the plugin does. Um, but another idea that I had, because it's a little bit difficult to see which components are actually being checked right now, um, what I did was I added this uh, tree. And this is basically a live tree. And this visualizes uh, all of the components that are currently um, it's, it's basically the same thing that you have here, but in a tree structure. So you can see if I click here, that all of this entire pod was being checked. If oh I click gosh. here, you can see that that pod is being checked uh, and stuff like that. Um, so you can, for example, also see, yeah, sorry, if you have any questions. I was just going to say that this is one of these tools that I think are should be like necessary, mandatory in your toolbox as an Angular developer, because it's so hard to, like these things happen, right? We make code changes. Mm -hmm some stuff we had a, a method call in our class that we use on a uh you know inside of our template and all of a sudden change detection is happening all the time and we don't see it and we don't notice it right uh, but then down the line we notice it and things get sluggish and so how do you like stay on top of that and be aware of that so that you can handle those scenarios as you introduce new code and identify ways to to optimize these things and, and make that better and a tool like this is needed because you, it's so hard to surface that change detection story, right? And so, yeah, mm -hmm. I, mean, I totally, like, I want this now. <laughs> I know. I mean, I love this. This is so cool. Yeah. I, Dominic I, I might have some to that. for our favorite uh, guest. This is, this, yeah. this is uh, yeah, this is really good for teaching because a lot of people don't, like, I didn't really understand change detection when I first started Angular. Probably I was out writing, you know, I was NG all the things. I was having so much fun and I was doing a lot of stuff that wasn't performant because I didn't know any better. And this really, that's why I mentioned Kenzie Dodd's uh, NG stats because that's how it was. It was a tool very similar to this um, for AngularJS, but it's, it, this is so important for learning because it just makes it so easy to see when you're doing something wrong. I love what, this. What's the name of it? So once you do publish, people can find it. When can we oh. have it? <laughs> Um, well, um, I, 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 basically the only thing I need to do now is put it into a Chrome plugin and then I can publish it. And right now it's on, so we created this organization called Tidebytes to have like all of the things that Dominic and I work on together. So we also have the Angular checklist and right now it's called Angular change detection tool, but I guess we're open to new named suggestions because we haven't really decided on a name yet. This is just like a temporary name. So if there are any good suggestions, Please send them our way. Ooh, open an issue on the repo. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. And then people. Uh, is there? Them. I like NGX Watcher, or is there like an Angular Watcher or something like that? 
watcher is simple, but that's okay. It doesn't matter what you call it. Just publish it. <laughs> NGX change detection profiler. Your Diagnostic. public demands it, Quentin. All right. Well, <laughs> naming things is hard. Maybe at yeah. some point, maybe at some point. I, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I have a request. But maybe at some point we, we, yeah. Go ahead. Tell me. Um, so one thing I'd like to see is I understand that right now it's part of the application right now. Um, when you move it over into a yeah. Chrome extension, things like the live tree and the last updated tree, are you potentially going to show those as like maybe a hover box or something else so that somebody could watch that in conjunction with the rest of their application or how are you planning on visualizing the live tree? Cause I, to me, that's awesome. I'm, I want to planning. I'm just planning on adding a, um, like one of these panels here. So you can just open the panel like you do with the Redux DevTools yes. and you would just see the tree over here. That's that's basically the idea. That is the coolest thing ever. James said uh, you should call it NGX changes. It's nice and simple. That's that's a good idea. Definitely. Actually, that's a nice name. <laughs> so, but there are maybe, I, I do have some other ideas for feature that I, features that I wanna add to this, for example, right now, um, you, you can't really see in the tree here which components have the on-push strategy. So I also want to visualize that. Um, maybe I also think it's possible that I can get like all of the tokens a certain component has access to. So you can visualize that for dependency injection. So you can see that you have multiple, maybe multiple tokens for the same service or multiple instances of the same service. There are a number of IDs. Um, it's just a matter of figuring out if it's possible or not, because this is a so this is an entire runtime dependency. So if we go to the code and we go to the app component, um, you'll see that this is just a plain app component. The only thing I do right now is calling start here. Um, I'm not doing anything in my main TS file. Uh, this is just the standard main TS file you always have. This actually also works in a production environment uh, on a production build. Um, so it's it's quite hard to figure out um, how I can get the data and how how I can know which components being called and when. So there are definitely still bugs in here, um, things that don't work. Um, I think I speak for all of us, Quentin, when I say you should go ahead and publish it now with all the bugs and then just keep working oh. on it afterward because then we can start playing with it now. <laughs> we will forgive you. Trust me. Bonnie's just a little greedy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to go back to something you said early on there, Quentin, is that you clarified something and you said you were going to come back to it. And I wanted this will give you a chance to clarify is that you mentioned this is only for Ivy. Yeah, so exactly. Ivy is so in order to use this. Ivy is a requirement. Um, so uh, the first idea that I had for this was from a talk that I saw about Ivy. So Ivy changed um, for those of you who don't know. Um, change the entire rendering engine under the hood. Um, and what Ivy does is it basically creates, and now I'm going a little bit deep into how the library works. So stop me if I'm going uh, way too deep. Let me quickly nope. uh, detach this. But every component, so we have, for example, the to-do item component. Um, so this uh, is Ivy generated code. Um, and in this Ivy generated code, there's something called the template function. Um, and what I'm basically doing, so every time change detection runs, this template function is gonna get called. So let me detach it. Uh, so let's say that I do this. You'll see that this function gets called. And that's basically how I know that uh, a certain component is being checked. So what I'm doing is I'm uh, monkey patching all the template functions. So you should see that 
I'm not sure if you can actually see in here. Probably not, which is a little weird, maybe. Well, I'm basically monkey patching all of these template functions. Um, and by doing that, I know that the component is being called. And then the only thing I need to do afterwards is figure out, because there's one template function for every instance. I mean, the, the template functions are being shared between instances. So I know this function gets called because I'm monkey patching it. So I'm overriding it. Um, and then I just need to figure out, which was actually quite hard, uh, which co actual component it's linked to. But that's how it works under the hood. So um, if you want to use this for view engine, it actually doesn't work um, because view engine doesn't have this template function. So that's the reason. Very cool. I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna step up here and speak for everyone and just say thank you. <laughs> for for both these libraries. Absolutely. And the uh, the template streams works with IB2, right? Yes. Uh, it actually it actually works with IV and without IV. So you can also use it with with the current uh, view engine. I guess the only requirement is is at least Angular version six because uh, correct me if i'm wrong but version six was um where they've introduced builders right I was it six so, yeah. i guess yes. if it's six it, it definitely requires builders because it uses ngx build plus and i'm tapping into into the build process but it doesn't matter if you use um view engine or iv or if you use aot it works uh yeah with with all of that the api changed with Builders and that may be different with version six and seven. So I, I know for sure that NGX Build Plus um, was tested with Angular six and seven. So okay. I guess when it works with six, at least NGX Build Plus, because I'm just using that in uh, to you know plug in these uh, TypeScript tra transformers and and plug in the HTML loader. But I guess it, it should work just fine from six and, and above. OK, cool. And he did warn us at the top of the episode that it was experimental. And yet still, Gregor said, it is. Is it we should have just told Gregor, hold on, it's, it's, it's experimental. It is. But it's very it cool. Is. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're at the top of the hour, so I think it's probably time to wrap up. Any last little bits on either of these two things that we want to mention? Or should we get to picks? Okay. I mean, I don't there's know. definitely like enough content for more episodes. We'll have to plan another one, right? On our <laughs> own episode for both of them, probably. But uh, yeah, very cool. And we'll definitely throw in the um, in the description for the video after after it's done links to the GitHub repo for your um, group. What's it called? <laughs> Why am I forgetting that? Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, the other thing we'll commit to is making sure through social media that, or through Angular social media, that we will uh, send out a link to the Chrome extension once that's published. Yes, because we are so excited. And we're going that's to keep bugging awesome. him. Because <laughs> I, um, I will do, my, I'll do my best to keep Bonnie from pestering you. Thank <laughs> you. I, I know where he lives. I'll go to Belgium and knock on his door and be like, when is it going to be ready, please? Uh oh. <laughs> Very excited, right. but it's because it's cool. It's your own fault, Quentin, because it's really exciting what you built. Yeah, very cool. All right, let's get some picks in, and then we'll uh, call it a show.
who had oh, I totally forgot to mention. Oh, I, I, I had so much to actually show. Like an NG4 you can use, you can merge stream. Oh, there's so much you can do. So Somebody much great stuff. Just that. use it. Yeah. Hey. I I should have showed an NG4 and you can use like one stream to emit like multiple. Oh, there's so much great stuff. Dominic, don't worry. That link that I sent you to sign up for an open day, just <laughs> pick, again, pick another open day and we'll we'll have another episode. No problem. Yeah. Awesome. All right, let's do cool. some picks. Uh, who's got picks? Raise your hand and I'll see you in the little video and then we'll, you know, or nobody has picks today. That was just fine too. We don't have to have any picks. I mean, these two are awesome. For I awesome. guess I have two, two picks. Okay. One of the picks is, um, is, um, it is a GitHub repo called, um, where do I post these picks? Do I post them somewhere? Don't worry about it. All right. Anyways, it's a GitHub repo called learn RecX. And because I've, um, I've been struggling st struggling a lot with regex because I'm I'm using I have I have a parser under the hood that parses the template and you know extracts the event bindings and I was doing a lot of regex stuff and I was uh, fighting with that so I saw that I think it was Minko uh, tweeting about this learn regex the easy way so that would be definitely my uh, my first pick because regex is really really difficult and to get that right uh, is yeah gives you a headache. Um, and my second pick would be ngxgh, uh, which is an automatic deployments to GitHub pages directly from the Angular CLI. So that is also something that is really, really cool. You can just, with one command, you can deploy to GitHub pages. It's awesome. Check it out. Also, I guess, tweeted by Minko. It's a, it's a repo, actually, from Minko. Wait, is that new? That, that used to be functionality that was in the CLI a long time ago, right? Which one? The publisher uh, de de deploying to GitHub pages that was there and wasn't supported and got pulled out. But now we have a way to do it with this. Yeah. Thank you, Minko. Thank yeah. you, Minko. This is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So right. my two picks. Very cool. Mike, did you have something? I have two picks. Um, one is a little bit of selfish uh, selfish self-promotion i am so excited for angular denver and the talk that justin and i are giving we've been having so much fun putting our talk together that i just i'd love to be able to give it today uh, so I'm, I'm not ready to give it today by the way just so just for clarity not i'm we're not ready no but i'm ex i'm excited at a level to give it today it's only three weeks you guys i know um, and my other pick is actually congratulations to Dom for uh, becoming an Angular GDE. So congratulations. Thank I can't you. believe you're not already an Angular GDE from like a long time ago. I don't know if I've ever met anyone who deserves it more than you. No, I don't think so. But I'm very stoked. I'm very happy about this. And I'm very, very grateful to, to be part of this family and to I'm looking forward to what's coming and to share more content with the Angular community. So thank you for that, everyone. <laughs> we're grateful good. for you. Yes, for sure, for sure. All right, well, we're at the end. That's a wrap. Dominic and Quentin, thank you so much for sharing your time coming on, for creating these great libraries and tools and working on this stuff, and for sharing your time today. I really appreciate it, so thank you. Thank you so Thanks much for having us. us. Yeah, thank you so much. This was fun. Mm -hmm. All right, and check all those other episodes. We want you back. All right, that's a wrap. Everyone have a good one, and we will see you next time.
Later. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.